everyone. Welcome back to IXDA Stories, offering stories by the Interaction Design Association community for the community. Each episode this season, we'll be taking a deep dive with some of the thought leaders and partners of the upcoming Interaction 21 conference. I'm your host, Elaine Mathias. In this episode, we sit down with our three guests, Claire Lees Bengi, Hani Risk, and Ethan Perry, to talk about the current reality of remote workshops and facilitation specifically. Claire Lees is an independent experience designer based in Paris. Claire Lees has been working in many sectors such as media, public services, financial services, and luxury brands. She is passionate about the link between physical and digital spaces. Hani is a Berlin-based experience speaker, startup founder, strategist, and the founder of No BS, a Berlin-based innovation studio that helps companies create meaningful services and products. Ethan is an independent Barcelona-based UX designer who regularly leads workshops on UX design, UX research, service design, and design sprints. Ethan is also an adjunct professor and guest lecturer at several universities, design schools, and boot camps, both in Spain and Latin America. During the past year, Claire Lees, Ethan, and Hani, as part of the Adobe XDI team, have come up with the Adobe XD Immersive Workshop, a remote experience that was designed to recreate the in-person premium training they used to run in-person in companies. The process, with its successes and its lessons, has been a journey. Today, with 50-plus workshops run worldwide, they are here to discuss the workshop past, present, and future. So without further ado, here is Claire Lees, Hani, and Ethan speaking with Alexi Morin, a member of the Interaction 21 team. Claire Lees, Hani, and Ethan, welcome to the podcast. Hi. Thank you, Alexi. Hey. Hello. The topic today is ultra relevant for all of us because who doesn't do remote workshops? And who would ever think that we're fully going back to never doing remote workshops after the pandemic is over? So here with me today are three experts on the topic who have taken an established physical workshop format and redesigned the experience into an outstanding remote format that has received extremely positive reviews by design teams across the world. Thanks, Alexi, and thanks again for having us today. By way of introduction, the three of us are part of the Adobe XDI International Team. Ethan, what is the Adobe XDI International Team, you might ask? It's a community extension to the Adobe XD product team. We are now in our fourth year, which time truly does fly, and we are working with design teams around the globe. Prior to the creation of our XD Immersive Remote format, we were still able to get in front of design teams, but of course, we're limited to teaching those who could only be physically present in the room at the same time. The main goal of the XD Immersive is to give companies the space to do some much needed in-depth reflection on their own design processes and workflows. As a part of that discussion, 
We also show them where XD can naturally fit into said processes and help optimize them. Now, as you mentioned, the feedback, we're super excited. It's been super positive because I don't know about you, but when has been the last time your team really took time off to review how you work? So actually, now that you mention it, it is true that we don't often take that time to reflect on how we work and what our processes are. And that's why it's great sometimes to invite external contributors and external facilitators to such an exercise. Yeah, I I totally agree with that. And like you said, first, it's a good nudge. Uh, We are so caught up on our day-to-day work that we often forget to reflect on our team uh, with the processes and the tools that we are using um, to know how we can uh, make them better. So it's quite funny. We do iterate a lot <laughs> upon our prototypes or the service that we implement, but not m- so much into our own services often. Uh, so with XD uh, Immersive, it's this idea of having someone external who takes a look at how the teams are working, who's working uh, really with the team uh, to know how uh, Adobe XD uh, can help the team leverage what they are doing best, which is designing all together. Um, and the, also the, the really great point about having uh, someone like us coming into the team and not someone from the team doing it is that we are trying to build uh, this really co-creative workshop where we are taking everyone's opinion into consideration. You cannot arrive in the team and just talk about a new tool uh, and leave them just with that and them to to deal with this amount of knowledge. Uh, What we really want to do is to create a good conversation within that team. And that comes with a lot of uh, attention paid to the fact that we are looking at everyone's opinion across the room. So we are really having this this position of facilitator, uh, the same way that you will do in any other regular workshop, where every voice matters uh, and you lead decision with the crowd in mind, with everyone being informed uh, in mind. So... Once again, the idea is to have someone outside that comes into the team that co-creates the new ways that can function using uh, a new tool. And um, I think it's really nice, especially in the the, uh, virtual format, uh, that we find ways uh, to voice the people who are uh, a little bit more shy or a little bit more introvert or people who might not feel relevant to speak out uh, during the workshop. Yeah, that's interesting. Actually, taking everyone's opinion into account um, is not just a problem in the physical world. It obviously would be an issue and a a challenge in the virtual world. Um, And yeah, I'm assuming that making the the workshops remote and virtual doesn't make any of this any easier. I'd like to turn to Hani, who is the founder of the No BS Innovation Studio and who has had to shift all of his in-person workshops to remote in 2020. Hani, how do you ensure to leave no one behind? 
Uh, thanks, Alexi. Um, yeah, as, as you mentioned, I totally agree. I mean, um, remote workshops do not necessarily by default solve the problem of, of engagement uh, or participation that in-person workshops always also presented, right? Um, so um, uh, we know that, for example, from, from our experience, whether we're running regular workshops, design sprints, uh, uh, UX workshops, this and that. Um, but we also know it from our own XD immersive workshops. So when we ran those in person, um, the participants in these workshops were never necessarily um, XD experts. So you had visual designers, you'd have UX designers, you'd have product managers, sometimes even programmers. So this all comes to mean, or it all comes to say that you have people uh, with, with varying skills of the tool. And uh, of course, naturally, uh, some people are more more comfortable with the tools, some are not. And this also makes you know, some of the people who are not that comfortable or familiar with the tool uh, a little shy or a little too self-conscious about asking questions in public, like how do you do this or how do you use that feature because they don't want to feel uh, you know, put on the spot in front of their colleagues. So this is something that we had to sort of tend to in person through like private conversations where you go to somebody's desk or to somebody's computer and talk to them one-on-one. And what we wanted to do with XD Immersive is... Um, not just convert it into an online thing, not just take our whole setup and put it in front of a webcam, but rather try to think about, you know, how can we optimize those? How can we really leverage online and remote to bring out a new experience that answers all these questions and that also makes use of this technology that's you know, within our hands right now. So we're looking at exploring the benefits of the digital space. We're looking at, you know, how can we leverage remoteness for these workshops? Um so one of the things that we do, for example, one of the tricks that we follow is that, you know, we, we know who is in the room. We know who is attending the workshop. So if you know that somebody might, uh, uh, you know, if somebody's coming from a non-visual design background and we're dealing with the visual design topic, what I would do sometimes is just reach out through chat, through a private chat message to that person and just make sure everything's okay, make sure, you know, or ask them if they have a question or if they would need to clarify something without giving them that feeling that they're being called out or put on this thought. So um, I definitely see a lot of value in sort of asynchronous work or this sort of online isolation. And uh, I think that our mission and all workshop facilitators, of course, is to understand and emphasize these new possibilities um, that we can leverage, um, not just because of this pandemic or due to this pandemic. We have to uh, look at remote workshops or remote work, you know, sticking around for a longer time. And this could be greatly beneficial for environmental reasons, for efficiency, for being able to bring in people from all over the world into one workshop without making them all travel or so. Um, and I really believe that many organizations in the world and us, of course, at Adobe, in the Adobe XDI team, um, we have only begun to carve out what is a true competitive advantage. And I see that happening very soon, if not already. Wow, it really seems like you have found some some tools and some techniques be they technological, be they social, be they from the moderation point of view, to really bringing out the best in everyone when it comes to doing online remote workshops. How can I get one of you three to work with my own team? <laughs> Maybe Ethan can help answer that question. Yes, that's a great question. Well, we'll first and foremost, Claire, Lise, Hanny, and I would love to do an XD immersive for all of you. If your design team is interested in taking the time to assess your processes and workflows and feel like you'd be a good fit for the Adobe-funded XD Immersive, feel free to apply. You can find the application form at tiny, 
www.cc forward slash xdimmersive, all in lowercase. You will also find the link in the podcast description. Thank you, Ethan. I might just do that. And hopefully those who are listening to us uh, find the link as well and find a way to, uh, to improve their online workshops as well. Now that I have you here with me, I do I do have some questions surrounding running workshops. Now, I think I think a lot of us working in house, um, we do have a habit of running workshops, you know, every once in a while and uh, varying levels of comfort doing so and various techniques that we've learned over the years. Obviously, this experience doesn't uh, add up to the wealth of experience that you three bring to the table with with your backgrounds. So I'd love to poke your brains a little bit regarding, you know, the difference between online and offline workshops and really what is fundamentally different regarding uh, the setup and also the experience of running these workshops. So what is fundamentally different in my perspective uh, between physical workshop and online workshop? If we look at the content, uh, it remains equal. We, we, we are presenting it in a different ways. Uh, we are running it in a different ways or structuring it in different ways, but the content itself remains the same, whether you're doing a, a workshop physically or virtually. Uh, when it comes to the different goals that you might have regarding your workshop, that also remains the same. There is no much difference in between the goals that you will have on a physical workshop and something that you will have to run virtually. And as for the people who are contributing to that workshop, <laughs> they obviously remain the same. Uh, no matter the setting in regards to the workshop. So what is really, really different is the experience that you get out of this workshop. And right from the beginning, what we did with XD Immersive is really to focus on the connection that we have uh, between us as facilitator and the participants, because we do know that a good connection, which is at the core of a good workshop, comes from a shared experience among the participants. And this is where it's, begin, it's becoming a little bit more tricky, I would say, in the virtual world than it is on the physical world, is regarding sharing something in common. Because when you are on the physical world, you are sharing a space at a specific time. That means that it could be um, a beautiful Monday morning in Paris. Uh, you're all coming out of the weekend. Uh, you are all quite tired, perhaps because it's early, uh, and you're all sharing a beautiful room full of lights. And as facilitator, we already know that in that physical space, we already have designed uh, that space for the specific experience. Whether uh, you are set on a stage, uh, because as a facilitator, you want to have this more formal conversation or you have a rounded table. Maybe you have put some music on. Uh, maybe the lights, uh, you have to think about the specific light that you want in the room. Uh, maybe there are some food. Um, you are already creating that atmosphere when you are, like when you are consciously designing that space for the workshop to come. Now, coming back to the virtual space, uh, <laughs> People are going to join your workshop from all over the world. So uh, you might be running a workshop with 100 participants coming uh, all over Europe and above. Uh, you might be running a workshop with people who are tuning in from the other side of the world. And right there, you are uh, no longer on the same time zone. Uh, 
uh, I remember ro- uh, running a workshop with some people uh, out there in Australia. So while it was quite early for me here, they were having dinner on the other side of the world. But you can already see that you are not sharing the same thing. And regarding the environment in which you are attending that workshop, uh, you have no control as a facilitator of a virtual workshop about, about the environment of the participants. Some might tune in from a conference room uh, with several colleagues. Some might be tuning from their own houses with their own setup. Uh, with everything that we experienced this year in terms of uh, environments uh, popping into uh, your your workshop, whether it's a kid or whether it's a pet, or like I think we've all been through that uh, during the course of the year. So yes, what can you do to recreate that share experiences into the virtual world? Um, I would say like our main focus was to have the same conscious decision that we will have for a physical workshop, but in the digital, in the digital sphere. So, um, it's going back to the basics. The way you address the participants come into design. Do you want to open a chat? Do you want to allow Q and A chat specifically? And in which way are you orienting your audience to address either one or the two? Uh, channels for them to reach out to you. Uh, how do you design the way participants are going to talk to each other? When we were to run physical workshop, uh, I used to ask quite upfront as the first question or the first task for the participants to say hi to their neighbor and to get to learn them a little bit better because I always feel like a good workshop is a workshop where not only the facilitator is sharing their skills, but where all the participants are adding on knowledge to the table and can all uh, improve from one another. Um, so how do you recreate that? How do you create time for this type of experiences along the way? And then there are things that you can definitely recreate uh, in the virtual space that we already had on the physical space. And here I'm, t- I'm talking about the visual environment or the auditory environment, putting on some nice music, making sure like that your setting visually speaking um, reflects what you want to have during your workshop, whether it's only you on cam and making sure that you have a nice background or asking everyone to turn their cam on so you can have all those faces uh, visual and see the environment in which people are tuning in from, uh, whether uh, you are sharing your screen and you you have like no visual from the participants nor yourself. And here, there are no right or wrong answers to all of these. Um, they are only design decisions leading on to what you want to provide as an experience for your workshop. Even if I'm talking a lot about this worry that we had about connection within the virtual space, uh, we were quite confident that this was possible because we didn't wait up until 2020 to know that we can create communities online and we can meet people online and share con- uh, content and share good conversation. And we have seen that now for years that people are really creating that r- strong feeling of belonging, even if they are not in a physical spa- space together. So we were quite confident about the fact that this was achievable as well with virtual workshops, but we were uh, already very surprised with the amount of positive answers and positive feedback that we received from participants 
coming back to what we said previously, the people who are the most introverts um, that will not come to you after a physical workshop to tell you uh, if it was great or if they have already like a, a question in their mind that they didn't feel to ask uh, before or people who are uh, a bit more constructive maybe and, and want to come back to you with um, uh, feedbacks that will help you improve on the next workshop. These are things that in the physical space might be more difficult to do than in the virtual space. And we did create uh, really that link with the participant where we do create that conversation that goes on after the workshop. Um, we receive uh, participants' work after the workshop that are showing us how they did implement the knowledge that they gained throughout the workshop in their uh, flows and in their way of working. Uh, we receive still questions of people who are uh, have, having a specific block and can and feel that they can turn back to us to ask specific question. And then we receive also personal messages from people uh, that are just happy about the workshop and uh, that are um, yeah trying to create link with us that that is going beyond uh, the workshop itself. So, for instance, I, I received a very nice email from someone based in Johannesburg who was telling me actively after the workshop to come and visit and to say that there was an extra room in her in her place for me to to stay if I ever wanted to visit South Africa. And yes, talking about connection, I'm not sure that this type of interaction or this type of depth into the relationship would have happened into one workshop into the physical space. Wow, what a great story at the end there. To your, to your point, I feel this idea of preparing your workshop is just as important as when you're running a physical workshop, but what you end up doing is vastly different. And obviously from your story here, the results uh, can be just as good, just as positive and make quite the impact on the product or on the service uh, being designed. So that's, thank you for sharing, Claire. That was amazing. Thank you. And pivoting here to, to Hani, um, so in the past year, there, you know, there's been so much innovation when it comes to the facilitation of, well, living and working from our own homes. Um, so in, in that respect, what innovations and what changes have you seen in the past year? Not necessarily regarding the tools that we use, but regarding, regarding how people perceive uh, taking part in digital workshops and remote workshops? Yeah, I think that's a great question, Alexi. Uh, to start off, I think um, like the whole topic of remote work, um, not just remote workshops, but remote work in general has been, you know, it's been a, it's been a, a talking point for quite some years now. And generally speaking with companies, even in startups, um, there would be some resistance from the companies. Um, but what I see is um, with time, um, you know, there are communities that are popping up, like Clelis mentioned, um, you know, with best practices, with shared learnings about how to improve and how to present uh, uh, remote workshops or digital workshops. Um, I really also see it about still re re relating to soft skills on the facilitator side, right? I really still uh, see it from a perspective of I am running a workshop for a group of people who want to come up with an idea or who are trying to improve something. And I want to try to give them the same experience or an even better experience uh, uh, as a result. So one of the things that I do, for example, is I, I like to focus a lot on the music that I play in my workshops, right? I, I love music. I'm a musician myself. And I'm very picky about 
uh, what kind of music to play. So I really try to understand who it is, what what's the crowd like, what's the demographic like, the age group, and try to pick the right choice of music to fit that mood. And uh, uh, what I do in most cases is towards the end of the workshop, I send them like a Spotify playlist, for example, of the songs that we chose or some of the songs uh, that I know they like or that I know they had proposed just to keep that sort of conversation flowing beyond the workshop. And that is what we see now towards, you know, uh, uh, quite some some workshops into the year or like having run digital and remote workshops for some time now, we see that the more we cater that, the more we try to keep the essence of a nice in-person workshop, but also take advantage of all the uh, uh, benefits that the digital world has to offer us, we can come up with something really cool that keeps people coming back and keeps people excited about participating in this workshop and so on and so forth. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing. Uh, the what, what really gets me from your story is how you've managed to keep all of the personal touches that you would put into a physical workshop and move them and migrate those, uh, if I can say, to the digital space. Right. And, and really keep people engaged and excited about the fact that they're leaving their, you know, their agile sprint for yeah. the space of a morning or an afternoon and still be really pumped up about that. Exactly. And keep thinking about it days later and have, you know, go back to that workshop space and go back to your playlist and remember the time they spent in the workshop with you. Absolutely. So I, I love how you've, how you've pivoted that and looking forward, uh, you know, if, if we're doing these digital workshops, remote workshops into the future, I mean, what's next for us? So I think after having this great conversation, I think we're all in agreement that remote workshops aren't going anywhere anytime soon. Um, I think we all wish that COVID would just disappear, but it's not going to. So we need to be used, get used to, if we haven't already, uh, doing these workshops online and being in front of our screens And as I look to the future, what I personally think is going to happen and where I think we should focus and have a conversation around for maybe for another uh, for another podcast is we need to think about what does a workshop look like in a hybrid context? Now, what do I mean by that? I am also a professor. I teach at several design schools and universities here in Barcelona. And again, I had this doubt of, okay, am I going to be doing an in-person class or am I going to be doing it over Zoom? And the coordination, the academic coordinator said, no, come into the school. We'll follow the distances. Everything will be cleaned. You wear your mask. Everyone will be two meters apart. But there will also be individuals who will be attending the class online. And since my classes are very practical, very hands-on, we're talking UX design, or I also teach Adobe XD, they often involve really hands-on activities being close together. And so I didn't know kind of what that would look like having some people physically present and others online. And it was a very surreal experience that I had three individuals in the classroom, and then I had another screen of like five or six individuals. And every time those individuals who were at home 
had a question or had to say something, their voice came from up above. Like this almost kind of voice of God-esque experience, right? Um, and it's different. So regardless of what we're doing um, with the workshop, if it's a strategic uh, planning session or if it's a sprint or it's learning XD, I think we need to take some time and ponder about what that looks like and how we can deliver a great experience for those who are participating. At the end of the day, um, I was reading the, the Fjord 2021 trends. And I think there are two particular trends that are, are relevant for, for this discussion that we're having. One around interaction wanderlust, which talks a lot about screen fatigue. We're just all tired of being in front of our screens all the time. And this other part, which we talked about earlier, clearly mentioned this. We, as humans, long for connection and interaction. And there's a trend that's uh, trend number seven, which is our all around rituals, lost and found. And we have these rituals, these opportunities to connect and online that is, that is difficult. And so I think it's important for us to, as we brave and chart new territories and go into the future, to always remember how can we foster connection? How can we um, bring both of those advantages of the online world and the offline world together in order to deliver uh, a great experience? Definitely some good thinking points there, Ethan. Combining all the advancements that we we're talking about and all of the different modalities of online remote workshops into that mixed hybrid space, all the while maintaining that feeling of belonging to the community of the people participating, making sure that the preparation for the workshop works just as well for the in-person and the remote people, that everyone understood the outcomes of the workshops equally, I think are excellent considerations um, and good question marks to bring with us into whatever tomorrow holds. Interesting to see the concepts of phenomenology applied to the facilitation of remote workshops. When you think about the factors that can structure or influence the experiences of participants in a physically co-located workshop, as Claire Lees was mentioning, and the intentionality designers will often put into those aspects, it's easy to be dismayed by the lack of apparent control over the virtual environment. But when you just start dissecting all the attributes of a virtual workshop, it becomes apparent that you actually have a lot more variables to think about especially around functional interactive channels. I think Ethan's parting thoughts about the mixed presence workshops of the future will be something that we'll all be challenged by over the coming months, and I look forward to a redux of this episode where we can get some tips and tricks from the pros. If you are interested in learning more about the Adobe XD Immersive Workshop, 
or you'd like to apply to participate in a workshop with your team, check out tiny.cc forward slash XD Immersive. Thanks as well to Adobe for their continued support of the Interaction Conference, as well as other IXDA global initiatives like World Interaction Design Day. Our guests this episode were Claire Lee Spengi, Hani Risk, and Ethan Perry. Our interviewer was Alexi Morin. This episode was produced and edited by Peter Last. I'm your host, Elaine Mathias. The music is by New Tendencies. You can find their socials in the show notes. Thanks for letting us use it. We are a team of volunteers who love what we do and want to make a positive impact on the field of interaction design. Don't miss our upcoming episodes by subscribing to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.